0: What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 270 of Fallon to Communicate, a podcast where I talk about movies, TV, MMA, and video games. I'm your host Bob Fallon and on this quick little episode I'm going to do a late preview of UFC 226 which kicks off in about four hours or so here. I meant to do this earlier in the week, but I ended up writing a preview article for baltimoresportsandlife.com and it just seemed redundant at the time, so I skipped it. But now it's the day of the event, and I'm getting excited for it. So I figured, let me hop on here, get my thoughts for these fights, and get on with our day. And we'll see how foolish I look in less than 12 hours. So that'll that'll be exciting. But um. Yeah, just wanted to chime in real quick before I get started and say uh, Thank you for anyone who listened to the last episode about Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom Uh, I know there were some technical things that didn't sound the best I'm still getting used to this format on Anchor Uh, I know the sound quality for certain parts of that episode weren't great uh, But I figured out now I think how to Rectify that for the most part. I try to play around with some like interstitial sound effects that they have available. Kind of silly, but I kind of like it because it's like uh stupid. And I'm still working out how to best do the intro because it, I can't really seamlessly uh, fade the intro song out into my actual intro and it's kind of sudden. We'll see. Uh, might be like that for a while. I might try to change the intro i don't know yet we'll see all this is a work in progress and uh last bit of housekeeping before i move on to the preview is i, I don't know exactly how often i'm going to do this it might be more frequent than it used to be in the old format it might be less frequent it might be both it just i guess it kind of just depends since it's entirely up to me and I don't really have a schedule. It's more just when I want to talk about something or when when it strikes, the, the urge strikes to give my opinion to the echo that is podcasting. Uh, whether anyone hears it or not, that's when I'll do it. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's get on with the preview. And as always, willing to hear eagerly willing to hear any feedback questions comments concerns suggestions all that stuff all right so UFC 226 uh, is tonight July 7th and it's the biggest card of the year bar none in my opinion and I mean that's not a hot take whatsoever it's pretty obvious at this point even with the loss of Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega This is still a great event and still, I think, going to be the best card of the year if it plays out anywhere near the way I think it will. But, yeah, Max Holloway vs. Brian Ortega. I was devastated to hear the news that Max Holloway had to be pulled out of the fight due to concussion-like symptoms. Not only because that was the fight I was most looking forward to on this night, on this card, And that Max Holloway is just one of my favorite fighters in general. And I love watching him perform. But also because... I I don't know. Like, uh, (laughs) it sucks. This is serious shit. Like, he's got potentially some traumatic brain injury that could... I mean, we've seen with uh, this lightweight guy who was on the verge of a title shot years ago. TJ Grant. He got a concussion or traumatic brain type injury and he has, he's never fought again. He is retired. Uh, The team alpha male guy who won the ultimate fighter, Chris Holdsworth, I believe he dealt with the concussion and he has not fought since then. So this is like potentially career threatening, career ending type injury and it just sucks because the guy is 26 years old. One of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world already. Seems like he's only getting better and better over time. So many fights I wanted to see him in versus Ortega, Frankie Edgar. Maybe when he moves up to lightweight, which is was inevitable, hopefully still is. Khabib, Nurmagomedov, Connor McGregor. The list goes on. I mean, the guy's a warrior. I really, really hope he makes a complete recovery. And... Whether it be two years, three years, six months, you know, just get better. And yeah, hopefully he can just pick up where he left off. But scary situation, and only, he's only gained more respect for me since this has all happened because he's come out and, you know, shockingly Conor McGregor had, like, super nice things to say, like wishing Max the best instead of taking a pot shot at him and saying instead of worrying about who's going to replace him... Why not just worry about the guy who's the champion and deal with an issue and max came back and said thanks champ champ you know like the wise man once said you win or you learn this is my learning phase but like and uh khabib reached out and gave his uh respects and max was great like he's just an awesome dude on top of being an awesome fighter and uh yeah hopefully he's okay But something to keep an eye on. Okay, to the actual fights tonight. We're kicking things off with, and I don't have. I'm using my phone to record, so I don't have like a something to fact check or. I'm just going off memory for these fights, so if I miss anything or get anything wrong, I'll blame it on that. But first up is going to be Emily Moyle versus M. Nope, Jamie Moyle versus Emily Whitmire, and this is the one fight that is like clearly. Not like the others. It stands out like a sore thumb. Women's flyweight fight. I get like two bottom of the barrel. Even for like clearly the newest and thinnest weight class in the UFC. Not sure why this maybe just stacked out that way. But not much to say here. I believe Jamie Moyle will easily take care of business. She's a solid, decent fighter. But from what I saw of her on The Ultimate Fighter last year... And in her lone UFC performance, Emily, Emily Whitmire is just not good. She's not UFC caliber. She's in over her head. I think if she'll lose here and go back to Invicta, they can always use former UFC fighters as the UFC pulls all their best at the same time. So that's what's going to happen there, in my opinion. Next up, we have Gilbert Burns versus Daniel Hooker, Dan Hooker. And this and the nine fights after this are all great fights in my opinion whether they turn out that way in practice or not on paper great matchmaking like just good stuff all around and this is this is no different Gilbert Burns is a talented guy huge for the lightweight division uh he's had trouble making weight in the past not not today not not yesterday I should say so that's good but he's like a jiu-jitsu ace with developing stand-up game and man he's he's got serious potential if he can put it all together and i believe he he finished someone in the first or second round last time out was super impressive if i'm remembering correctly and dan hooker is another guy who for a while there i thought he was just going to be like uh a filler guy a guy who win one lose one win one lose one solid fighter nothing spectacular but he's improved a lot in the last year or two and really gone on a nice little run here last time out he took care of Jim Miller fairly easily an event that I saw live in New Jersey and he just seems like something's clicked for him and he's really well-rounded good striker I really don't know who to pick to win this fight. Officially, I went with Gilbert Burns by second round submission, but I don't know. I could easily see, if it stays on the feet, I think Hooker has has the advantage. Maybe not the power advantage, but definitely the technical abilities on the feet to either win a decision or get a late finish. But if this thing hits the mat, and Hooker's not a bad wrestler or, or ground fighter by any means, but I believe Burns is just on another level, and if he gets the fight where he wants to get it, he could finish it at any point. So that's what I'll go out on a limb and say that happens. Um, next up, Lando Venata versus Dracar Close. This is a fight that was originally supposed to be a fight pass prelim, got moved up to the FS1 prelims, which I'm happy about because I don't have fight pass. Sometimes I'll do like a, I'll try to get in on the the free like five day preview or week long preview you get when you first sign up because they seemingly let you do it over and over again. But I'm not doing it for this case, so unfortunately I won't see Burns versus Hooker. But I am glad I'll be able to see Venata versus Close on FS1. Uh, thanks. I guess that's the only semi positive silver lining thing from Max Holloway's fight with Brian Ortega getting canceled. But uh Lando Venata, high flying, high flying. Uh high he's just style stylistically fun to watch. He does a lot of fancy stuff. He has that highlight reel knockout spinning back kick of um John Mcdessey a few years ago. But he's been in some tough fights so far in his UFC career. Made his debut against Tony Ferguson and nearly finished the guy. Nearly beat him. Comes back, knocks out McDessie. Um, loses a close one to David Tamor. And then draws with Bobby Green in a very close fight. An awesome fight. I mean, anytime Lando's out there, it's going to be good. And Drakkar Close. He also lost to David Tamor recently and has a win over Mark Casey. Um... I think we know who the UFC wants to win, and that's the guy who is exciting and has a chance to build a fan base make a name of himself. That's Lando Venata. Well, Dracar Close has a really cool name, easy to remember if he ever gets a lot of visibility, and he's a good little fighter himself, Um, but I think I'll go with Lando by decision. I just think he has more tools in the toolbox to work with, Um, but he seems to fight in a lot of wars and allow his opponents to have opportunities and give them a chance in the judge's eyes, so hopefully he can turn it up another notch, get some killer instinct, which clearly he has, but I'm just rambling at this point. Let's move on to the next fight, which is Rafael Asensio versus Rob Font, if I'm not mistaken, and Rafael Sancio. This guy gets screwed left and right at every turn. The guy clearly deserves a title shot. He's only lost one time since he moved down to Bantamweight, and it's been a while since he did that. Uh, and his only loss was to DJ, TJ Dillashaw in a close Mm, relatively close fight it was pretty clear but it was competitive against tj dillashaw the current champion and that's after he beat tj dillashaw in a close fight previously so <laughs> he's beaten marlon marias split decision and now marias is talked about including by me as being in line for the next title shot after the cody versus tj rematch so that' <laughs> it just shows you how of being exciting is much more important than winning. Because uh, Rafael Sensal, he is a, I mean, and it's nothing. He's clearly, a decent seems like a decent guy. Obviously, don't know, but seems level-headed and reasonable and boring. He's a boring inside the cage, outside the cage. Um, he has, I don't think he knows English or uses it in his interviews, and he basically just. Goes textbook, you know, I'll fight whoever they give me and what, yada, yada, yada. And inside a cage, he's just a slow, measured, great defensive fighter who doesn't put up a lot of volume. He uses his style to draw people in and he just wins like (laughs) one or two extra punches uh, around. You know, he just, he'll win close rounds and wear on you and frustrate you and take you out of your game and he's great at it and as much as I'm rooting for Rob Font because he is he's not super young he's still like 30 but he's an improving guy who is a new fresh name fresh face relatively and had an incredible performance against Thomas Almeida last time out in January in Boston UFC 220 and would be exciting to get the old boring guy who deserves Every chance in the world at a title, but who nobody wants to see it. So I'll be rooting for Rob Font, but there's no doubt in my mind that Rafael Sanchez will win by decision. Okay, next up is hmm, Don't tell me, Don't tell me, Paulo Costa versus Uriah Hall. I think <laughs> I'm probably gonna forget something, which is killing me inside. But um, should have wrote it down first. This. This is an exciting fight if no, if for no other reason than your eye can pull out any fancy, explosive, fight ending shot at any point in any fight. And is, you know, famously one of the few people, or many people that Dana White has compared to the next Anderson Silva after a stint on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, but has gone on to lose. He's like uh, under 500 in his UFC career, but he really, every once in a while, he'll just pull out some crazy shit, like against Gegard Mousasi, a guy who, the only time he's ever been knocked out is when, after dominating the first round, Gegard Mousasi, that is, dominated Uriah Hall for the first round. Hall comes out in the second, does this crazy jumping, spinning back kick to the face, sends him stumbling backwards, then pounces on him, with some ground and pound and gets just perfect timing, perfect, I don't know, he can't say lucky because he clearly meant to do it and he accomplished his goal on the shot, but they had a rematch not too long later and Gegard just dominated him completely and finished him in the first second round. And that could happen here against Paulo Costa, who's, you know, Brazil's next big thing. And legitimately, I, I kind of agree with Dana White on that Paul seems like the real deal. He's a physical specimen, just, you know, perfect (laughs) physically. He's got like eight-pack abs, giant You know, he just looks like a beast, and he fights like it, at least so far in his career. Um, He seems like a very marketable guy if he can just get a couple more wins under his belt. He had a big win against Johnny Hendricks last time out. Uh, dominated him completely as a lot of people have late in Johnny Hendricks career after USADA came along but that is his only real tough fight you know the only real win he has against anyone of real name value and I think Uriah Hall is a a pretty safe fight for him Hall's got some name value and barring any crazy you know exciting spinning back kick shit he should be able to pick up a win here even if he doesn't get the finish so it's great matchmaking it's going to be tension filled because anything can happen at any moment and he should get a win and he should get a step up after this and I would like to see him fight Israel Adesanya who had an amazing performance last night at the ultimate fighter finale I think that would be a real litmus test, although some a part of me doubts the UFC would actually do that just because I think they're going to want to build both of them up a little bit more towards settle contention, but uh, yeah, Paula Costa should take care of business. I'll say second round knockout after withstanding a couple couple shots from your eye hole in the first round. Hmm. Okay. Is that it for the prelims? is that I know Paul Felder versus Mike Perry got moved to the pay-per-view portion, so I guess I could talk about that. Yeah, uh, interesting situation where Mike Perry was originally supposed to fight Yancey Medeiros on the prelims here, which I think would have been an awesome fight, perfect matchmaking in the sense that both coming off losses, Mike Perry coming off a few consecutive losses now, and a guy who I think the UFC sees as marketable and rightfully so and he's a very problematic guy but he's something about him is captivating if it's for the wrong reasons or not I don't know but he's an interesting guy interesting guy to watch and he's got power like some of the best in the division but he's just so raw and I feel like they're really rushing him into a lot of tough fights because he's exciting and has some potential star power. I think they're not giving him a chance to just feast on some bottom dwellers. And really build up his arsenal and get some experience and improve on things. He's had a lot of tough fights. And uh, this is certainly no different. But Yancy Medeiros I think was, was going to be a good fight. Just because he's, he's not great defensively. And he would be more willing to just brawl it out with Perry and be more fitted to his style. Well, Yancy Medeiros broke his rib and in comes Paul Felder a lightweight who's going to be fighting at welterweight on short notice but he was a big lightweight and he was originally scheduled to fight James Vick who got pulled to fight Justin Gaethje after Al Quinto dropped out of that fight man, what a uh, what a roller coaster Paul Felder has been on lately. He also had a fight yanked out from under him at UFC 223 when he was supposed to fight Ally Iaquinto so now they those two really need to fight each other I mean <laughs> Paul Felder probably wants some revenge on that guy but Paul Felder steps in and he's a much tougher test even as a smaller fighter for Perry in my opinion because he's just smarter he could be more strategic he's seen how Mike Perry's been getting beaten by Max Griffins and Santiago Ponzinibbios of the world. And I think he can implement a similar game plan and be more wrestle-based. He's got great ground game, great ground and pound. He's no slouch on the feet, so I think it'll be a fun fight. Any fight with Mike Perry coming out, winging punches is going to be fun. But uh, I, I like Felder to win by decision. Both guys are tough. I don't really see anyone getting knocked out, but it definitely could happen. Uh, also on the pay-per-view portion kicking things off is Gokansaki Saki versus Khalil Roundtree. <laughs> Gokansaki, the transplant from the kickboxing world against a guy in Khalil Roundtree who thinks he's a kickboxer because he will refuse to wrestle or grapple in an MMA match. <laughs> it's like perfect matchmaking. Once again, I can't say it enough. Uh, you give the guy who is one and one in MMA. Uh, His first fight, I believe, was a long time ago, and he lost, and he's recently tried to make the transition again and seems much more serious about it. But he he won his first fight by impressive knockout over... uh, shoot, uh, DeLima, something... Rogerio DeLima, Marcus. uh, um, But it was a back-and-forth fight. He almost got knocked out himself. And I think for a guy... Who's exciting, and has some name value from his previous other combat sporting uh, ventures. This is smart to give him a guy who he can stand and trade with, and I think he'll he'll put Khalil Roundtree's lights out in the first round. It just seems like it's tailor made. Um, but yeah, should be exciting. Should be exciting we also have Michael Chiesa versus Anthony Pettis I'm getting deja vu I feel like this fight should have happened oh uh, that's right UFC 223 something about a bus attack cutting up Michael Chiesa's face might have heard about it so this fight got rebooked for here and, and it's still a fight that I'm very interested in I just think it's intriguing stylistically you know what Chiesa's is going to do he's going to try to take you down grab your back and choke you out Pettis, you know what he's going to do. He's going to try to fire off some body shots and hit you in the liver like he did to Benson Henderson and Cowboy Cerrone. But Pettis has been on the slide as everybody knows now. And he's recently coming off the Dustin Poirier fight where he injured his rib after a back and forth all out war. And I don't, this is a toss up for me. I'm going to go with Pettis here because I don't know I've never been a real believer in Chiesa. Clearly he's a solid, good fighter. Can choke anybody out if given the right opportunity. I just looking at his resume, he hasn't fought all that often since he won the Ultimate Fighter. And anytime he faces anyone that seems semi legitimate, he loses. And he's good at beating cans or middle middle road guys, but whenever he gets into that top 15 top 20 area seems like he can't get the job done I could be wrong on this but I'm going to go with Anthony Pettis second or third round submission and it's also worth noting that Kiesa missed weight by one and a half or two pounds and has to give up 30% of his purse and also said this will be his last fight at lightweight he's moving up to welterweight after this so even for that fact alone, I'll be rooting for Pettis just because he's a guy that will remain in this division. It would suck to see the guy who's leaving the division win. I don't know. It just it seems like it would be healthier for the division if Pettis won now, knowing this information. But I guess that's not really that important. Uh, co-main event, we have Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. Yeah, This is a fight I've been wanting for... It feels like years, but I don't even know if I've known who Francis Ngannou is for years. But it just seems like ever since I was aware of Francis Ngannou and aware that these two had a beef against each other, I've wanted to see... And I'm sure a lot of people have wanted to see this fight for a very long time. And we're finally getting it. And at the weigh-ins, it was it was already getting frisky. Derek Lewis getting a little shoving going. Man, it's just—I think this will be over in the first round. Who's gonna—who's gonna land the punch? Who's it gonna be? Most likely Francis, because his his power—they probably have pretty close to equal power, but Francis has a little more technique, a little more patience. Other than the Stepaniuk fight, uh, I'll be rooting for Derek Lewis, cause I just love that guy. But I think Francis will probably knock him out. And it also worries me about Derek Lewis's back. He's, like, retired a time or two before because it's so bad. And he has to get, like, a freaking shot in it once a week just to be able to train and fight. So, but before his career is over, I'd love to see Derek Lewis get a title shot. Just would make my day. That guy is hilarious. And the main event, Daniel Cormier, light heavyweight champion, going up. To heavyweight to try to take away Stipe Miocic's belt and become the fifth two-time champion, second simultaneous uh, champion to hold two belts at the same time, and he plan- says he plans on defending both if he gets it. We'll see. You got to say that before the fight starts, but we'll see what happens if and when he wins. Because I do think he will win. Although uh, this is such a coin flip of a fight, I feel like every day. I've woken up and thought the other guy was going to win. But just this week, I feel like I'm settling in on Cormier coming away with both belts. Um, I just see it playing out kind of similar to a lot of Cormier's other fights. I think it's going to come out is going to look great for the first half of the first round. Just like Volcanoes where he's going to come out, he's going to have some crisp box and land some shots. But DC has an amazing chin, other than when John Jones kicks him upside his head. Uh, but even then, he didn't really go out cold. So, I mean, the guy has a thick skull. He's going to take the punishment. And yeah, Stipe is a solid MMA wrestler and has improved tremendously in that regard. But look at the people he's fought. Shout out to the MMA Vivisection uh, with Nate and uh, Connor Rebush. I'm try- I'm hoping I got that right. I just started to listen to them about a month or two ago, and they're great. But it was a great point that Stipe has not really faced any legitimate wrestlers, and DC is as legitimate as it gets. Um, probably one of the best ever wrestlers in the, sp- the sport of MMA has ever seen so I just think it's gonna look a lot like the Anthony Johnson the Volcanoes Demir fights I think Stipe is tough as hell too so he might last a little bit longer than those guys he's, he's not gonna quit quite as easily but I'm thinking either DC by decision or a late submission and man this fight this fight is I did get chills though at the weigh-ins when they were hyping this up it's pretty epic it really deserves a lot more heat than it's probably been getting in buzz, but this is just tremendous, and this should have this is the right thing to be happening. DC at heavyweight, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of options you can do coming out of this. You know, if John Jones comes back, you can do the trilogy at heavyweight for the heavyweight belt, or you could bring Brock Lesnar up in this. You could defend against the winner of Gust- Gustafson, No one wants to see that. But uh, Gustafson rematch would be okay. I don't know. There's a lot of options. Derek Lewis at heavyweight. Francis Ngannou. Man. We'll see. We'll see. But Stipe could definitely win. There's no doubt. He could knock Cormier out. He could win a decision. And continue his reign as the longest defending heavyweight champion of all time. And, um, yeah. And then I think he would probably fight the winner of Curtis Blades versus alexander volkov or he could fight Derek lewis i doubt they would do in Ghanu again this early but uh yeah either way gonna be exciting and i might hop back on tonight after the fights to do a little recapping of my thoughts we'll see how i feel and i might have missed the fight i feel like i missed the fight <laughs> um but that's okay it's okay uh, thank you for listening and i'll talk to you soon <laughs>